Well, we've been talking about the Holy Spirit. If you're new around here, my name is Steve. I'm the senior pastor. Uh, we are those who live connected to Christ through a new covenant economy, getting our identity from Him, which empowers us to put God on display and disciple others. We've been talking about this summer the Holy Spirit and some of the ways we can get to know Him. The anointing was the first one. We did that for a few weeks, hence the uh, jug of olive oil uh, that, again, is only a gallon. It's not even all of it that was used in the Old Testament for set-apartness. And then uh, we started last week the Spirit of Holiness. Spirit of Holiness, which is in Romans chapter 1, verse 1 through 4. But I want to start with this one. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 3 says, This is the will of God, your sanctification. So you are wondering, what's God's will? Well, to conform you to the image of Christ. That's His will. So this echoes Romans chapter 8, verse 29, that we're all predestined to be conformed to the image of God's Son. This is His plan. Uh, Jesus, even you know, in the Lord's Prayer from Matthew 6, Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. On earth as it is in heaven, the first explains the second. What's the will of God? The coming of His rule. The coming of His kingship in our hearts. So He rules and reigns in us through a process of sanctification and conforming us to the image of His Son. Now the word here, sanctification, I'm not even going to try to say it, but it's number 38. (laughs) Consecration, sanctification, um, the process of making or becoming holy and set apart. Now here's the beautiful part of the Lord. Man, you've already, you already won. You're already holy and set apart in your spirit. So if you died right now, to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. You've got the holiness required. Okay? But the beautiful part is in sanctification, you not only are holy, now you get to live out, as Philippians chapter 3 uh, verse 16 says, live out that which you've already been given. So your spirit is holy, your soul, your thought life, your choosing mechanism, your body under construction, being made holy and set apart. You're getting to live out what is already true about you. You, Isn't that great? You've won. You get to live out what's already true about you. And then he says in the Helps Word Study Sanctification, the process of advancing in holiness, use of the believer being progressively transformed by the by the Lord into His likeness and uh, same nature. So powerful, powerful truth right there. Uh, Regarding the Holy Spirit, John 15, 26, when He comes, counselor, helper, advocate, intercessor, strengthener, standby, when He comes, Jesus said, whom I'll send to you from the Father, He's the Spirit of truth who comes from the Father, well, He'll testify regarding me. The Holy Spirit, the Spirit of holiness, is all these things in you. See, Jesus said in John 14, I could show it to you, I have the slide, but you remember I quoted a lot. He said, the Holy Spirit is with you now. John 14 through 18, He's with you now and He will be in you. The Holy Spirit was already their counselor, helper, advocate and all that. He was doing all that for the disciples through the body of Jesus. Now, Jesus said, it's better, John 16, 7, that I go away because the helper, counselor, advocate, spirit of holiness will do all this from inside you. See, the Holy Spirit was already doing it. He was doing it 
for them through Jesus. Here's the passage, John 16, 7. It's, it's to your advantage that I leave. If I don't leave, the helper won't come to you. But if I depart, I'll send him to you. And then Romans chapter 1, verse 4. And who, through the spirit of holiness, was appointed the Son of God in power by his resurrection from the dead, Jesus Christ our Lord. So one of the functions of the Holy Spirit, what I'm getting at, is he's called the spirit of holiness. Okay, the spirit of holiness. And he keeps us focused on a relationship with Jesus, not a relationship with religion or rules. The spirit of holiness isn't a shameful reminder of what you ought to be doing. The spirit of holiness is a privilege of having his life indwelling you. You're walking now and talking with Christ and being conformed to his image by that fellowship. And he does this over time. Remember when he cured leprosy, it was immediate. They were healed. Well, some were healed as they went, but you know what I'm saying. And then secondly, he never cured somebody's character Lying, for example, instantaneously because our character gets formed more and more into Christ through fellowship with Him. I'll say it like this. If you want to be like Jesus, be with Jesus. You, you can't sit around and say, well, I, you know, I'm a Christian. I go to church and all that. Are you with Jesus? Do you actually spend time with Jesus, sitting with Him, sitting in the Word? Okay? Again, the Spirit of holiness keeps us focused on a relationship with Christ, not rules how about this he keeps you focused not on the tree of the knowledge of good and evil do you really think god is just surveying you every day well you know sherry chose five rights today and four wrongs so i guess i'll give her one of these you know so so god's not all about right and wrong good and evil you're at the wrong tree here's what you need to ask yourself is this fruitful for us or is this not fruitful He's never going to leave you or forsake you. Okay, so it's, it's not about scorekeeping. It's about relationship. You're a vine. Or sorry, you're a branch. He's a vine. So here's the question. Is this fruitful or is it not fruitful? Is this life to me and to my family or is it death? Amen. God cares about fruit. John 15 verse 8, by this, Jesus said, my father is glorified that you bear much fruit and so prove to be my disciples, people who abide in me, who walk with me, who listen to me, who are deriving their very life from me. Amen. I was visiting with a gentleman last night who's so frustrated within the body of Christ because he sees even, even leadership in the body of Christ struggle that if people don't act a certain way, well, by God, we can't fellowship together. I really need you to behave better if you want me to like you. Guys, that, that is not the vine branch relationship. You, you don't, you, you're sourced by Christ. If, if Jim didn't give you your joy, Jim can't take it away. And we're just, he's just come to the realization. He's like, Steve, just the body of Christ is so carnal. They live so outside in. 
and, and can't even discover that Christ, the anointed one, the flow of the oil is inside us and we live from inside out. If Jim's messing with you, pray for Jim. Ask Jim, and I'm speaking a man's name, not where you work out. Ask Jim, Jim, are you okay? How can I help you today? How about you value Jim's relationship with Christ over Jim's relationship with you? That's, that's maturity. That's the Lord is my shepherd. I don't lack for anything. I don't need Jim to perform for me so I can be happy. Christ makes me happy. Christ gives me joy. That's the evidence that we're His. A primary way the Lord sanctifies us is in Scripture. And I'm going to show you that in 1 Peter chapter 2, 1-5. through 5. You need to be in the Scriptures, guys. What a blessing this is. Amen? What a blessing that we have the Bible. So open your heart to being in Scripture with the Spirit of holiness. The one who wrote it. Let the Bible take you to the author every single time. Don't ever sit in Scripture in your intellect, in your human reasoning. Hmm. No, you ask the one who wrote it to interpret it for you. Let Scripture take you to the author every time. This is the purpose of Eat the Word. You've heard us talk about Eat the Word. The purpose of Eat the Word is connect people to the living Word, the vine, using the written Word. Scott Kinnett, raise your hand. Right over here. Everybody see him? He was telling me and the guys this week. He said, you know what the biggest benefit of Eat the Word and M28, which he's involved uh, with? He said, the biggest benefit for me is that my scripture reading has gone from informational to relational. I am not reading the Bible anymore for information. And that's what he used to do. And so many in the body of Christ are locked into that. Hey, eat the word. If you don't connect, number, the last thing on your, your little filter sheet says, hear the voice of the Lord. If you don't connect with Him, it can be purely informational. And informational won't change you. Revelation through relationship with the living word. That'll do it. Let's go to 1 Peter chapter 2. Um, yeah, First Peter chapter 2, verse 1. Remember, one of the ways that the, the spirit of holiness conforms you to, the, to uh, the Lord's image and sanctifies you is through the word of God. Therefore, laying aside all malice, all deceit, hypocrisy. Amen, somebody? Lay, lay all this aside. Envy, all, all evil speaking. Set a guard, O Lord, over my mouth. Set a watch over my heart. What is that, Psalm 1914? I think that's right. Man, that's good for some of us, isn't it? Set a guard over my mouth. I don't want evil speaking. I want Christ speaking. Verse 2. As newborn babes desire the pure milk of the word that you may grow. We want to be growing in our knowing, not of information, of Christ. Verse 3. If indeed you've tasted that The Lord is gracious. The pure milk of the word helps you taste how good Jesus is. Verse 4, coming to him as to a living stone. He's alive. Coming to him. When you get in the pure milk of the word, are you coming for information or are you coming to the author? You're coming to him. As a living stone rejected by men, but chosen by God. Precious. You also are living stones. Amen. 
and are being built a spiritual house, a holy priesthood. Everybody say, I'm holy. This is number 40 in your Strong's Concordance or Bible Hub or however you want to use it. Holy, it's derived uh, partner, sisters with 38, which I gave you earlier on sanctification. You're a holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. How about that? We're going to taste the pure milk of the word so we can taste the Lord's goodness. The Lord is good. This echoes Matthew eleven twenty eight through 30, where Jesus said, come unto, come unto me, all you weary and heavy burden. Take my, take my, all right, let's be one together. That's what a yoke does. Let's be joined together and learn from me. Well, I don't need to learn from, from him anymore. The Holy Spirit, the gifts, they're all passed away. I've got the Bible now. Oh my gosh. People have used scripture to kill people. You have to know the author. Come unto me, a person. Yoke with me, a person. Learn from me, a person. When you're doing what? When you're eating the pure milk of the word. How about the road to Emmaus in Luke 24? They didn't even know who Jesus was. And then what did he do? He opened the scriptures to him and said, I am the subject of this. How many people do we all know? They can memorize scripture. They don't know the author. They can go blow through the Bible reading program in a year and they don't even know the subject of scripture according to the road to Emmaus is Christ. I don't want to know the Bible and not know the subject. I don't want to spend time reading the word and not know the author. Amen. So the spirit of holiness uses the word of God. Everybody tracking with me? So Derek Eastlick, where's Derek? I saw him. There he is. Derek Eastlick and I are, Wednesday night, we were with the uh, middle school boys at 612 Students. And this came out. This came through our conversation with the boys. The best way to utilize Scripture, number one, the goal of Scripture reading is relational, not informational. Number two, always allow the Bible to take you to the author. Number three, John 5, 39 and 40, Jesus said the purpose of the Scriptures was to bring you to Him. He even said right there in that passage, you you pour over the scriptures because you think in them you have eternal life, but you won't come relationally to me. The purpose of this book is to bring you to me. And then I'll take you back to the book, feed you the word of God and grow you. Number four, never replace Jesus time with Bible time. They should go hand in hand. I can't tell you how many people have an encounter and experience with the living Christ via the Holy Spirit. They encounter Him. Their life is touched by Him. And they'll walk right out the door and go to Moses to try to be holy. <laughs> you can't be holy apart from the Holy One. And unfortunately, that lives... In a lot of churches at times, it's like, oh yeah, grace, that was to get you saved. But now you got to go to Moses. Let me give you the rules now. Here we go. And God's, you know, in heaven cheering or booing, watching you every day. If they're born again, he's inside of them. And the grace that saves is the grace that trains us in holiness. Did you hear what I said? Grace isn't something that you wipe the dirt of the world off your shoes with. Oh, thank you, now I'm clean. If you really have saving grace, empowering grace, he's bringing you to holiness. I'll show it to you in Scripture. 
Number five, it's possible to know and memorize Scripture and not know the author or the subject, which is Christ. 2 Corinthians 3, 6, the law of the letter kills, but the Spirit, the author, gives life to the letter. So we're going to always come to Him. We're always going to come to Him. So notice in verse 3, let me show you again on 1 Peter First Peter 2, notice he says the pure milk of the word, you've tasted the Lord is gracious, coming to him. Keep coming. Keep coming. It's not a one time I read the Bible when I was six. Keep coming. Keep feeding on the word, but invite the author every single time. Let the scripture reveal to you the subject of this book is my relationship with the living Christ. That's how we'll grow. Amen. I told you last week, and I shared this with my friend who does a lot of work with different churches. He couldn't believe it. And then he's like, no, I believe it. Remember when I said, Oklahoma, we lead, we lead, we're in top five in the nation in church attendance and religious beliefs and all that. How many of us say we're Christians and we're bottom five in every stat that matters? Because religion and information isn't changing anybody. The author, I will submit to you, and I wrote this in the True You book. I will submit to you. The, the Christian life is identification with and partnership with and major emphasis with the Spirit life. Life in the Spirit is the New Covenant Church, guys. Not life by a biblical principle. How in the world... Do we come to the author, we meet Christ, and then we say, thank you for that, now I'm going to live by the Bible's principles. I'm, I'm all right with biblical principles. How many of you know it says sowing and reaping? It talks about sowing. Be generous. Now, you have a choice to make. You've met the generous one. He comes to live inside of you. He wants to be generous through you. If you'll just live, if you'll just yield to him, he'll live and express his generosity through you. He is generosity. And we're like, put him in the corner and watch this God. I'm going to take this scripture and I'm going to be generous so you'll bless me. You missed it. Christ is the blessing. You, you can't get more blessed than Christ in you, the hope of glory. God revealing Himself through you, revealing His love, revealing His generosity. It's not, it's not just Him and it's not just you. Who is the generosity? Who's, who's the holiness? Is it me or is it Him? Yes. Cause, right? If it's all Him, you'd be batting a thousand. So it's both. Touch your neighbor and say it's both. I'm all right with biblical principle, but let those principles remind you that Scripture says all the promises of God in Christ are yes and amen. He is those things. I used to give money at church so God would bless me. I even tried to get Him to leave two sacks of money, brown paper bags, on my porch. (laughs) I wanted to know if it worked. (laughs) I went out there the next morning, very descriptive. This is what I'm looking for. This is, you know, you got to tell them exactly what you want. It was not there. He's like, all right, well, can we get started now? (laughs) Can we walk and talk together? 60 plus Don Wheeler and I did the worship 60 plus Friday night. 
And there's a song I wrote way back called The Prize. When I look into your eyes, I see my prize. It was you all along, but I never realized. Bless you. Why? Because religion gets in the way. The enemy helps you. Hey, hey, look at all this. If you'll work these things, God will work for you. Oh, ah, oh my gosh. We need a severe dose of humility. The only reason you think you can earn God's blessings is because you don't know how holy He is. If you understand, bless you. If, if you know how holy and reverent and amazing He is, you will give up ever thinking you could be holy enough to get to Him. You'd give up and be like, well, it's Christ. Christ is my only hope. Amen. All right, so we got those six things. Something else that came out talking with the boys on Wednesday night. Abide ways works. This is a great, this is how we define a disciple at Grace Church. Notice ways. If you're, this is diagnostic. If you're walking in the ways of the world consistently, I can tell you where you're abiding. Abiding simply means your connection. Who are you connected to as a, as a branch? Now, if I'm walking in the ways of Christ routinely, well, guess who I'm living connected to? You want to be like Jesus? Be with Jesus. Yeah. Ways of Christ, that means I'm living connected to Him. It's diagnostic. Anyway, we shared that with the boys. If Sunday morning is your only day that anybody can see Christ then you're like Leslie Osinga's vision where she said she, she saw people coming in, plugging their charger, like their phone charger, into the, the power socket and then praying the charge lasted all week. Now, I know we connect with Christ when we're together here, but you can do this all day, every day, folks. He's, he's alive. <laughs> he's not relegated to, well, it's got to say church on the sign. And, uh, yeah, it's got to be a church service. He's limited to Sunday morning. No, he's not. I would submit to you, Sunday morning was never meant to be your source. Sunday morning is, if it's, if they're worth their salt, they're connecting you to the source. Does that make sense? When Jesus said, he's, the Holy Spirit is with you now, but he'll be in you. How many of you know in is better than with? Because in isn't limited to time and proximity. So Oscar and Isabella here, who are learning to walk, hear the voice of the Lord, fall in love with the Lord, they're not limited to Sunday morning. They can go home this afternoon. She can get up tomorrow morning, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday morning. She can sit with the Lord in His presence. Because He is not only with her, He is in her. If Bill and Claudia go on vacation together, guess who's going with them? Jesus. Ah! <laughs> the Lord's going with them. He's not limited by time and proximity. So we're going to come to the Lord and we're going to keep coming to the Lord. Now, Jody Brown over here, we had a, a staff meeting this past week, a great staff devotion. And in our discussion, we're like, man, the Lord keeps talking to us about holiness. Do you remember Josh Kirkus gave the word two weeks ago, maybe three Sundays now? Um, everybody likes the anointing to be able to, you know, we feel the power and the presence and all that. But he said, man, let that anointing put you on the operating table. Do you remember that? And everything shifted in the room. You could feel it. It shifted to a real sober presence of his holiness. And his desire for us to live holy lives. 
right? He, whoever has this hope in him purifies himself and even, even as he's pure. And I asked the Lord, it was so tangible to me that we went kind of from rah-rah to, oh boy, this is his expectation of us. This is what he desires for us. I asked the Lord, what do you want me to do? And you know what he said? Let them sit in it. Let them, let them rest in my desire for holiness. Because how many of you know it's a good thing? So as we were talking at staff day, uh, this scripture came out, Pro- Proverbs chapter 9, verse 10. Because we, we were talking about we want to have a healthy fear of the Lord. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and the knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. We want to have good reverence for God. And this word means reverence. It means to revere. Jody Brown brought up 2 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 1. You can look that one up. It's the New Testament word for fear, and it literally means you're so overwhelmed seeing him, you run away. You, you flee because he's so powerful. He's so holy. And then the Lord starts saying, you know, guys, proper fear of the Lord propels you to my grace. And then grace propels you unto holiness. Think about it. When you really see how awesome he is, how amazing he is, you're, you're like, God, I'm dead without you. There's no way I could ever do enough to get, make this right. So the holiness moves you to humility to receive the grace of God. God opposes the proud and independent. He gives grace to the humble, those who acknowledge their need of him. Grace enters you. Grace is a person. And now he goes to work on what? Holiness. And that's why we're talking about the spirit of holiness. Did you know that the Holy Spirit is also called the spirit of grace? In Hebrews chapter 10, verse 29, where it says, are you just going to continue in willful disobedience? If you do, you're going to insult the spirit of not holiness, the spirit of grace. Willful disobedience. Just let me just continue to, you know, choose the ways of the world right in God's face. Insults the spirit of grace. Because grace trains us in godly living. Amen, somebody. Turn to Titus chapter 2. I'll show it to you. Titus chapter 2. I mean, the Lord just began at that staff day to show us how holy He is. You know, Isaiah, I encourage you to write this down. Isaiah 40, 12 through 15 in the New Living Translation. It makes the best sense. Isaiah 40, 12 through 15, New Living Translation, talks about, man, how he spread out all the, the, the land and he holds the universe in the expanse of his hand. It just talks about how big he is, that the islands are just like little dust to him. I mean, he's, he's humongous. And when we get that proper view, it leads us to grace and grace leads us to wholeness, holiness. All right, are you there, Titus 2, 11 through 15? So not only does the spirit of holiness utilize Scripture, And coming unto Jesus, learning from Him, we get trained in holiness. Not only that, He uses the grace of God, the Spirit of grace. All right, here we go. Titus, why am I in Timothy? Lord, help me. (laughs) My stars, I cannot find it. Who's got it for me? Thank you. Oh, you got it? All right. What version is this? King James, that'll work. Titus 2.11, for the grace of God that brings salvation. Everybody say, bring salvation. salvation. That grace has appeared to all men, teaching us that, denying ungodliness, worldly lust, that we need to live soberly, 
righteously and godly in the present world. Looking for that blessed hope for the glorious appearing of... How do I go to the next page? Thank you. Our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us. Look at this. Verse 14, that he might redeem, purchase us from all iniquity, purify unto himself a peculiar people, a holy people, zealous for good works. Verse 15, don't miss it. Paul says to Titus, speak these things. Exhort and rebuke with all authority. Let no man despise you in it. So in other words, what Paul's telling Titus, do do not soft sell that grace empowers to holiness. Because like I said, I think if we're not careful, we thought grace was just, you know, what we wipe the dirt off our feet with. Grace is a person. This word train trains us in godly living. Guess what it guess what it means? It means to teach you, to correct you, and chasten you. It's the same word out of Hebrews twelve six that God disciplines those He loves. So grace brings discipline, not license. If it's a license to you, then you've got a theology, you've got a doctrine, and I like what Josh said prophetically the other day: doctrine is not your doctor. Christ is. Train means to teach, discipline, correct, or chasten. The true grace of God, the spirit of holiness in conjunction with the grace of God doesn't just remove the guilt of sin. He actually empowers us to live holy from the inside out. So if grace isn't teaching you to be holy, you're either not listening. Everybody love me? (laughs) Or you didn't get grace that brings salvation. You got something else. That's the facts. If you have a grace that's not coaching you in holiness, then you either didn't get grace that saves, or maybe you have a uh, a hearing problem. You're just not listening. You're not abiding, or you got a stronghold where somebody told you grace was your free ticket to heaven, and it cleans the dust off your shoes. I had a little sin this week. Just need a little grace on there. Grace is a person who will discipline you, teach you, and train you unto holiness. Now, please remember, and I said this last week, holiness doesn't come from us. It comes from Him. Okay? We yield to Him. We see Him as He is. And so then we want to live in purity because we want to be like Him. We cannot let our understanding of grace and mercy eclipse our understanding of holiness. We need to see grace and holiness working together like brothers. In sanctification. What am I saying? I'm saying it's not either or. Charlie doesn't say, well, I'm in the holiness camp. And Steve says, well, I'm in the grace camp. No, guys, they work together. Holiness leads me to my need of God, grace. Grace empowers me unto looking like Jesus. It empowers me back to 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 3. God's will, sanctification. It's so much His will, He put the sanctifying agent inside Steve. And He's there to will and to do His good pleasure. I mean, my whole life has changed because Christ is in me. I have a bent towards righteousness. 
I want to do right. If you're born again, you can't just go out and sin just and forget about it. You can't. Grace that saves is at work in you. Amen? Grace is not a doormat. We casually wipe sin off our feet. Grace is a king. Grace is a lord. Grace is our monarch. (laughs) Grace is our owner. Grace is coaching us and teaching us. How about this? Grace, Jesus Christ, is the anointing. That's how sacred you are. That's how set apart you are. He knows it. The kingdom of darkness knows it. I'm trying to get you to figure it out. Fair enough? Remember, it shouldn't be safe for the devil to be within six feet of you. Because the anointing is in you. Christ is in you and upon you and through you. The devil knows it. Now, let me say this. Don't make the mistake of thinking we need a proper balance between law and grace. I'm not talking about that. Those are not compatible that way. We don't disconnect grace from holiness. That's that's why anybody would say that. Well, we just need more law. No, you don't understand grace. He's training us in holiness. Amen. There's been... Let me, let me say this. You cannot go to heaven or have a relationship with God unless you're perfect in word, thought, deed, and motive. Great question is, well, who can go then? Who can have a relationship with God? Well, let's put our trust in the one who was and is perfect in word, thought, deed, and motive. Guys, there's been one offering for all people for all time that's acceptable. And it won't be offered again. That's how good the offering of the Lamb of God is. And the Spirit of Holiness teaches you this. Why? So you'll call upon Him for holiness. So you call upon Him this inward desire. I want to be like you. I want to be conformed to your image. I want to look just like you. Guys, isn't it true? We so, I know we mean it somewhere deep down. We want them to see him through us. Our life, where we are right now, is revealing what we, well, who we really believe he is. And, and, and I, want, I want the full expression of who he is. That when people see us, that they can see him. God's will all along was to fill the earth with sons and daughters that look just like Him, right? Yeah. Unlike legalism, that's why I say you don't need more law on you, on you unless you're not saved, and then you, you do need to get born again because using the law lawfully is showing the sinner his need of God. But unlike legalism, grace-empowered holiness isn't trying to change our outward behavior to meet God's holy standard. It starts with internal transformation, going to work on our thoughts, the intents, and the motives of our heart. And it works. He works His way out to our behaviors. Amen. Romans 6.14, sin shall not have dominion over you. Why? You're not under law. You're under As grace people with grace church on our sign. 
Sin does not have dominion over you. You're not under the laws of rule-keeping and self-effort, independent from Christ trying to get there. You're in grace. And He's in you to will and to do His good pleasure. What do we need to do? We need to sit with Him. We need to come to the Scriptures with Him. We need to be disciplined that way. Really commit that every day I'm going to be sitting with the Lord. Every day I'm going to be listening to His voice. And then I'm going to watch Him work holiness out from the inside to the out. Remember He told the Pharisees, why do you guys clean the outside of the cup first? Don't you know if you'll clean the inside, if you purify the inside of a man... The outside's on its way. That is the grace of God unto holiness. We're not earned. There's nothing to earn, nothing to gain, nothing to prove. That's the law. Sin takes dominion over us when we're under law because we're independent of God and we're under self-effort to get there. And then the law shows you if you rightly divide it, I can't get there. God's too holy and I'm too much of a mistake maker. But you're in grace and grace is in you. Sin doesn't have dominion over you. You've got the goods. You've got the anointed one. Christ, right, greater than death. The same spirit that raised him from the dead. The spirit of holiness that raised him from the dead. Romans chapter 1 verse 4. That power is inside of you. Let him. Let him. Spend time with him. Commit your heart to get in the scripture. Devour the pure milk of the word. And let the spirit of holiness begin to transform you. It is a process. Okay? But let Him transform you so that when people see you, people hear you, they see Him.